Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Braden, and I'm joined, as always, by that luscious pineapple down south. It is warm down there today. I haven't looked at the weather myself. It is Alan Pena. Alan, how are we doing today? Doing good, actually. Just another day uh, watching the sun sunshine again. Uh, good thing is uh, we haven't seen it rain in a while, uh, but that will come in sooner rather than later. But it's been pretty good so far. Just a quick week, I would say, for me and and my wife. It's it's been very, very fun, and looking forward to other to another another week full of adventure and full of uh, another opportunity. So let's get it on. Glad to hear it, man. Yeah, we actually got rain here just last night, so uh, <laughs> maybe it'll be the same storm making its way down south. <laughs> Probably when I don't know, <laughs> and we'll have to wait and see. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, um, it we got an interesting topic today, Alan, and it, it's a somber one, but it's one that is definitely worth talking about, and I think it's one that people will enjoy, and one that I think will really benefit a lot of people by talking about. Yes, absolutely. I do agree. And and it's been 20 years since the September 11 attacks happened in New York. And it is an experience, though, even though we're both kids, I was eight years old at the time. How old were you when this happened, Braden? I was four. Four? Yeah. Four years old. Probably we didn't understand the magnitude at the time, but understanding this helps us know where how in the like how not just as a nation but how as human beings are able to use this to move forward every single day Mm. yeah and we're so (laughs) in case people might not know right away we're going to be talking about how the 9-11 attacks affected sports and then we're gonna maybe get into how COVID again once again affected sports and just talk about how these world events affect sports and how they all these sports also help us uh, heal from these events as well but yeah so I was four I don't really remember much if I'm being honest with you um like I said, because, you know, as a four-year-old, you honestly don't remember a whole lot from stuff like that. The only thing I do remember is, uh, you know, the TV's on. I presume just watching the news and watching and seeing and having that be on the screen because that's all every news station around the country was, like, showing at that point. But uh, I remember my mom was on the phone and she was uh, upset by it. So, and that's really all that I remember, you know, 
as a mm-hmm. four year old, I was just on the floor playing with my toys. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like I'm four, you know, you don't you don't understand as a four year old the gravity of what's happening. It wasn't until much later that I understood it, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, I was eight, as I mentioned. Um, and I've had different accounts just because I like to make my own, but I was at school at that time. And I, w- I believe I was in first grade. And pretty much as soon as the attacks happened, I could be wrong, but um, basically we're all like, okay, everybody go home. And my mom luckily picked me up because she works at the post office. And anytime a, a building like the World Trade Center is attacked and then later the Pentagon, mm-hmm. which is where the, sec- where the Defense Department is at, then it's like pretty much anything from the White House, even a post office could have been attacked. And so luckily my mom picked me up from school and that's all there was. There was, there was a lot of coverage on that on the news saying I didn't understand just like you what happened all I can remember was just two towers went down and and all and then obviously learning about it later but I think to me the biggest one like uh, I it was seven years later at that time I was 15 I went to a school trip to Washington, D.C. and New York. And when I went to New York, uh, we got a tour of Ground Zero where the attacks happened. Mm-hmm. There, Because at that time, they were constructing a... I believe it was a, the memorial there. But you could still see the debris there, everything. Like, just being in there, I... I was that died there like several a lot even several of them jumping out of that building like i just it was probably that one time where i was in tears because i like i said seeing that seven years later like it's still like it's still fresh and but it really taught me to appreciate what we have and that we can always improve that we can always find ways to still help each other no matter what our how we think or what we like but that can bring us together and that to me was probably one of the most it was a an experience to me that i will never forget and to this day it still gives me chills just seeing ground zero seven seven years later when and when i was 15 years old yeah like i've never been um, but you see the pictures you see those things and it just invokes memories and mo and those emotions um if you're you know much older than i was at the time uh and understood what was happening and all these things you, you remember and you were and it, it strikes those emotions um and you know, like the sports world stopped. I, I mean, the only thing that was really going on was maybe NFL preseason. Um, no, at and, that time, it was already the first week. Oh, it was first week. Okay. Yes. So, 
that NFL and baseball were the only two sports that were really going. And of course, you know, baseball plays every day, but the whole sp- uh, but hockey preseason was getting ready to start. Um, basketball preseason was getting ready. So the sports world, you know, as we know, it was getting ready, but it all had to stop. Um, there's not very many things that can actually stop uh, the sports world, it, it seems, you know. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if, you know, the English Premier League or FIFA stopped their games or or if that, that was a thing. That'd be something I'd have to look into and I might look into later. But, like, here in the U.S., everything stopped, it seemed, for mm-hmm. 10 days. And I was listening to uh, Baseball Tonight with Buster Only in ESPN podcast. And on or in the podcast, he he was interviewing. Uh, it was either a Yankees or Mets broadcaster, and he talked about how you know. Here, let's see if I can. Oh uh, yeah, he was talking with Michael K. Oh, Michael K. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, so he he was talking with Michael K. And I don't remember if he said he was the Mets or Yankees broadcast. He was. The, he's the Yankees play-by-play guy. Yeah, so he was the Yankees guy. And he was just talking about how, like, when sport, he he didn't know if sports would come back, like how they would come back, the when or where, kind of like we all would did with COVID. Mm-hmm. You know, we didn't know when or if sports would come back or would they be able to. You know, we have a very episode on that on this podcast. But 10 days later, they come back and, you know, he would say, and he was saying something. Yeah, he said, uh, my signature, you know, home run call was see ya. And he said during that first, there's first few games back, like if a home run was hit, that was as close to as monotone as I, I would get. And he mentioned how white letters would, would come pouring in afterwards. And they were all just fans saying, look, we get it. You know, like <laughs> it was, it was a big deal. It is a big deal, but baseball is providing us an escape. We need to know the world's going to be okay and move forward, even if it's just for three hours. So you need to, like, say it as emphatic, as energetic, and joke around with your broadcasting buddy as much as you would normally, because it lets us know the world's going to be okay. And uh, he did that, and, you know, here we are 20 years later. Uh, yeah, and everything that you mentioned um, is is wonderful you know like just the that opportunity like to joke around even when times are tough it just shows that we're going to be okay that even even in the world of sports where where a lot of things take take very importance than sports but what sports does and i'm gonna emphasize this again over and over whether we are recording or not is and you mentioned this Brayden sports bring everybody together sports does things that and teaches things that maybe other other things don't it makes you be accountable and makes you be it makes you appreciate what's around us and who is around us and when that happens everything goes aside like 
like even the teams you root for or or your favorite players or what's your political ideology that goes out the window because of moments like these because when sports do come be are on the front and center of our lives then it makes us want to adjust. It makes us want to plan, okay, how, what can I do better? Instead of, what, instead of feeling down about it, what can I do better and go with it? And uh, like I said, sports does things that not a lot of entertainment can do in a positive way. Mm-mm. Like entertainment can do great things. Don't get us wrong here. Yeah. Like there's other great things in the world, but if you listen to us, you're probably a sports fan or you're a family member supporting us, you know, (laughs) (laughs) it does like, it's like that for, for the most part, you know, but so like you would agree with us, you know, but having been at sporting events, you know, like when you ride and die by that team, you know, that's fun in and of itself. But while you're there, you don't care who's next to you, you know, unless it's people you keep that came with you. Obviously you care about them, but around you in general, like you don't necessarily care who's there, what they believe, the way they think, you know, who they are outside of that game. Um, you bond with them because they either root for your team or they're rooting for the other team. And even if they're rooting for the other team, that doesn't matter because you're all rooting for the same thing, a winning game, a good. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's a personal belief of mine that sports will unite the world. We see it all the time. You know, like what was the biggest thing that people were clamoring about once COVID went out? It was sports. Sports. TV shows stopped, movies stopped. And got halted. But the massive outcry for sports was huge. I heard way more about how sports weren't going to go down. And those games weren't going to be played more so than I did about movies being stopped and productions being moved or delayed. Now, that could just be because I follow a lot of sports pages and all these things. But even in the news that I would read and watch, it mostly was how, when or if will sports come back. It wasn't about when these movies will come back or if they'll be able to produce. Yeah. You can take Netflix and Hulu and Disney Plus for that because, hey, we got plenty. We got plenty to watch, you know? But you mentioned sports. Like, it's like, uh, what's going to happen? Or even, even if you're not like watching a sporting event, even if it's like a sporting event where a brother's going to play mm-hmm. or, or a, a nephew, a niece or somebody, a friend and their league cancels or gets postponed. Mm-hmm. Like that, like it has a huge impact. Like it, I've seen it where, where I'm like, okay, we got to, we're going to go see someone play like from the family and they postponed the league because of COVID. And he was sad about it. I bet. Yeah. He was sad about it. I was also bummed out about it because I wanted to see him play. So did my wife. We both wanted to see him play, but didn't happen because of COVID. Even that, like, 
just brings everybody together did not happen. And that was the question. Like, will fam like local sporting events come back again? And that to me shows how sports is everywhere. No, and I would definitely agree with that. And, you know, bringing back to the main topic at hand, those same questions were going on 20 years ago. But 10 days later, baseball was the first back. I find it fitting, and this is poetic to me. What is the nickname for Major League Baseball? Uh, America's pastime? Yeah. Like, people will try to argue, no, it's the NFL. NFL surpassed that. No. <laughs> okay, American football has a lot, a large following. A lot of Americans follow it. They love watching it. And in fact, I might tune into the Broncos game tomorrow. Just see what happens. But you don't, NFL doesn't come nowhere close to what you can do at a baseball game. It's literally you passing time while watching a sporting event. And America's pastime when America was at its lowest point in recent memory for a lot of us was the first thing to come back. And I believe one of the first games actually was the Mets facing the Braves, a division rival in New York at Shea stadium. I think that was one of the first games back. I'd have to look, let me look real quick, but um, why don't you take over while I'm looking? Yeah. Mets and Braves. Uh, if it's the Braves, think about it. Not just a division rival, but also the Braves were obviously killing it, like like always. And and the Mets were just a year removed from being in the World Series, or should I say the Subway Series versus the Yankees. So it was like something's got to give in, in this situation. If it was the Braves then that was the situation that we were seeing at that time. Mm, yeah, from, from what I can see, the Mets-Braves game was the first game. But yeah, it, it meant it was so much more than a baseball game. And that's the best part, you know, sports. And I think you mentioned it. They have a way sometimes where they can just transcend what they actually are. Right? And in that moment, that baseball game in New York meant so much more than just a regular season game. I believe both the Mets and the Braves at that point were out of the playoff run. They weren't in the playoff pitcher. What, the Braves? In 2001, were they? No, the Braves that year, they made the pennant. Oh, okay. The Braves. The Mets, I think, yeah, they're the ones that... Yeah. One of them was out, one of them was in, I think. You know, it's been a while. <laughs> uh, but... Yeah, you know, and the Mets went on to win that game. And, you know, there it was 2-1, bottom of the eighth, okay? And that's a close game by any margin. And, you know, baseball's parity is so strong, anything can happen with any sort of bat. Baseball is the only game where you literally give the ball to the other player and dare them to win. (laughs) I mean, the American Football Leagues try to do that with Tom Brady and it never works out for them. (laughs) But, Alan, what happens in that, in that, in Mike Piazza's at bat? 
got it out of there. He hit a home run. I think was I think it was a solo or somebody was on base. I think it was a two run jack because it was like three one or three two or something. Oh, okay. He got it out of there. Hit it over and and I don't know if they still have this in the city field, but when they had Shea Field, any Met player who hit a home run, the apple comes up. I still remember that. Every time when the Mets played it, and that's what happened. He got it out of there. Everybody went wild. They end up winning the game because of that. Winning 7-3. It was a spark. It was a spark that the Mets needed for that game. And who better than your star player to hit that home run? Right. And there's a documentary that baseball, the base MLB Network produced with Mike Piazza and a firefighter's family uh, that if I can find it, I'll share it through our Pineapple 22 media page because it's it's so uh, jarring and important. And it tells a lot of this story that Ellen and I are talking about. And this mom, she comes in and she talks about how she was so worried about her sons because, you know, they would go to watch Mets games with their father and their father passed, unfortunately, and heroically during the attacks and everything that was going on. But during that moment, when Mike Piazza steps up to the plate and hit with one swing of the bat, that crack, the you recognize it. And when it, and when it was gone, everyone was cheering. Everyone was shouting. Everyone was happy. And for the first time in 10 days, she said she saw her son smile. And she knew they'd be okay. And the thing, and that's awesome to me, you know, like the wound was still fresh. And yet Mike Piazza shows, you know, America's still here. We're still, we can heal from this. We'll do okay. And all he did was swing one bat and hit the ball as hard as he could over the fence. Yeah. He did his job. (laughs) Yes, he did. He did his job. And love it. And what also with this home run, like what now looking at it, it's kind of like the Mets, you know, the Mets are like this New York underdog team where they don't like, yeah, they're, they're the Mets that get the publicity, but not as, not like the Yankees because of the success they have had and all, but still being an under the Mets doing this, it shows, yeah, they're struggling Boom, we're back. Like, and even though they they did not make the playoffs, but that home run, it signified that, hey, we're going to be okay. Like, there will be tough times ahead, no doubt about it. But we're going to be okay. We're going to figure this out step by step. It's not going to be easy, but we got this. And we're not going to quit. And we're going to be resilient. And move forward. And that's what the Mets basically did. We're not quitting. And we'll move forward. Not just New York and as a nation, but also even to those around the world. Like, okay, if something like this happens, we know what, how to respond. And we know how we can overcome it. Mm-hmm. And that's the best part. And, like, you know, obviously this was 20 years ago and we – we remember and we thank those that were there that sacrificed their lives so 
they could help those who needed it. But like, you know, it, it was so important that we come sports came back and provided that three hour distraction of showing that the world will once again heal, will heal, will move on, like you said, Alan, and it'll we'll be able to come back even better stronger. Just like you said, and and that Met Sprague's game, which otherwise would have been inconsequential, proved to be one of the most historic games ever. And then shortly after that, you know, those who remember the 98 home run race with McGuire and Sammy Sosa, well, in 2001, both players were still playing. Sammy Sosa was still with the Cubs. And he hits a home run against in their first game back with the Yankees. And he runs around the bases with a small, you know, like you would see a kid wave at American at the American flag. But it's one of those small ones you might see a kid wave at a at a parade. And he just runs around the bases with that. And that was just so cool. Yeah. And you see that clip a lot on sports pages, well, baseball pages, especially around this time every year. Yeah, and who better than do it than a Dominican? Mm-hmm. Think about that. It shows it it impacts the world. Whatever even if you're not from the U.S. and you see that, it still makes you think, like, they're going to figure it out. There's something about the being in the U.S. that it, it just makes you want to be resilient and, move and, and not quit. Mm-hmm. And that's where even the world is like, we have to do that. Even if we may disagree on a lot of stuff, but we can agree on how to bounce back. And that, that to me is wonders. Yeah. And you know, this is, like we said, this is a very somber topic today and we've alluded to a couple times, but you know, for a lot of those are those who, weren't necessarily present at bef- like were born afterwards you know they they read about it in their history books you know <laughs> like so they don't they can read all the information they can see all these videos and hear what people experience and all that but for them it's it's a bit different <clears throat> it's going to be like the way we tell every our kids about covid you know and COVID's like the only other thing I've seen in my recent memory to have stopped sports. I think it takes a lot for the sports world to shut down for any length of time. Yeah. I do agree with it. Like it, it takes a lot for sports to go down or any event to go down. But what we can learn from this is, is be grateful Mm. for what we have. Be Hug the person you love the most. Laugh the hardest who you laugh the most. Like create memories for those who you want, who need these memories. And those uh, those moments makes you want to do that. And and I know that when stuff like this happens, I realize, hey, let's let's create a memory. Let's do something that we will never forget. That even ten years from now. When we both have children, like when our children are grown up, 
that can tell us what, what was the coolest thing you've ever done? And we'll explain them about the pandemic or, or like even if 9-11, like, hey, this is what we did. This is how we handled it. And when that was a lesson that we'll never forget and it will carry on forward. I agree. And, you know, we will eventually all carry forward. We'll move forward. We'll move past everything. But the main thing is we have to do it with gratitude. And instead of looking for things that divide us in this world, we need to look for things that pull us together and keep us united or ways to unite the world. Um, we need to find the balance, if you will. And, you know, unlike, you know, a kid show from 2005, where there's only one person that can bring balance to the world. <laughs> we all can bring balance to the yes. world. Yes, we can. And, you know, there's not much more we can say about this one. So this episode might be a bit short today. Um, because I don't think there's anything else. I think this should just be a standalone episode and maybe we could record another one today. That's a bit happier. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I think we'll end it here. Alan, do you got anything else to say? No, not about this, but this day we will never forget and use this moment and every moment to, to be with your loved ones. Spend time with them because we never know what could happen? So make every moment count, even if they're small, but make them count because those small things will become big things. I agree. And, you know, some final thoughts here while we wrap up. The world will heal. It always has and it always will. It's how we move forward and how we let things define us that truly count. And I think that's the main thing. Yeah, it truly is the main thing. So we'll uh, we'll wrap up. Alan, you got any last minute things you want to promote? Because we got a couple minutes here. Okay, uh, we will soon. Uh, I know we've had some complications, but we'll soon have our Soren Beginnings episode where we'll talk about the beginning of Pineapple 22 Media, Soren Sports, how we started, how we got into this, even our, our backgrounds in sports. How did we get into this? Like, you'll hear a lot of stories. Some crazy stories will happen. Um, will it be like extreme? Probably not. But still, it's going to be moments where, where you get a lot of comedic relief, also a lot of perspective, some tears, could happen we don't know if that happens great that's what we signed up for if not then that's okay no big deal but we will have that as soon as as soon as hopefully either next week or probably three weeks from now but stay tuned for that we'll have that going also we are check us out on youtube pineapple 22 media we're there uh watch us comment on what you agree with us, what you disagree, we have no problem. We'll take it either way. Yeah, and uh, I got a new video editing 
program on my laptop. So we now officially have the latest uh, episode out. Uh, called the one that that was just released a week ago. We're back the sequel, and we'll just write out. Till next time.